Well, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 7, we're continuing, of course, our study of the Gospel of Luke. And Luke presents Jesus, we've been seeing this over and over, Luke presents Jesus as the perfect man, the Savior, and the substitute for the sins of the world. As we look at this section, we're seeing Jesus and his ministry still in northern Israel, of course. There are four key events in this chapter that we've been seeing all showing the authority of Jesus. He is showing he's the Messiah and that he's the Savior. We're seeing his authority over disease and over death and over doubt and even the authority to forgive sins. This morning, we're going to finish the chapter and we're going to see his authority to forgive sins. It's a powerful truth for all of us because we've all sinned, come short of God's glory. We need forgiveness of sins so that we can have a relationship and fellowship with the living God. As we see our passage, Jesus goes to the home of a Pharisee to eat a meal. And while he's there, this sinful woman, that's how the passage describes her, the sinful woman comes to the meal. And as we study this, we're going to see a contrast. Contrast between what I like to look at and say, the proud Pharisee and the sinful woman. And we're going to see faith and forgiveness and love. There's so much, and may we understand that by faith in Jesus Christ, we have the forgiveness of sin. And may we respond in love to our great God and Savior Jesus Christ as we seek to serve Him. Well, let's begin. We, we want to think this morning, and, and we want to begin this morning by looking at a theological truth that is often misunderstood. I want to teach you something. If you've never really put this together, think about this. We realize there is a difference between the payment for sin and forgiveness of sin. They both deal with sin, and sometimes they get mixed up. The payment of sin comes by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross and he paid for sins. He has made the payment for the sins of the world. All people have sinned and come short of God's glory. The wages of sin is death. We all owe God death. God in his great love, mercy, and and, uh, grace for us, he sent his son to come to this earth to die on the cross to pay the penalty for the sins of the world. Now understand, Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for the sins of every human being. 1 John 2, 2, he's the satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. So the payment of sin has been made when Jesus Christ died on the cross. There's a second aspect, and that's forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin deals with relationship and fellowship, and forgiveness of sin comes by faith. Payment of sin comes by Jesus dying on the cross, paying for sin. Forgiveness of sin comes by faith. All people must have forgiveness of sins in order to have relationship and fellowship with God. And forgiveness of sin comes by faith. When we trust Jesus Christ as Savior, we receive the forgiveness of sin. Acts 10.43, it says, Of him all the prophets bear witness that through him, talking about Jesus, through him everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. To have an eternal relationship with God, we must trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and have forgiveness of sins. So I want you to realize something, that the payment of sin comes by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's 1 John 2.2. 2. Everyone has the payment of sin because Jesus died on the cross to pay for the sins of everyone. Second, though, forgiveness of sin comes by faith 
on all who believe. So understand, all people have the payment for sin, but only those who trust Jesus Christ have forgiveness of sin, which is necessary to have an eternal relationship with God. That's through Jesus Christ. Well, this morning, as we see our passage, we see the issue of forgiveness of sin. Jesus shows his authority to forgive sin. He tells this sinful woman that her sins, now listen how he says it in the passage, her sins have been forgiven. We'll talk about it as we go through the passage. She had already trusted Jesus Christ. Her sins were forgiven already, and she is responding to Jesus in love. And we see the contrast between the sinful woman who had believed in Jesus Christ and had forgiveness of sin and the proud Pharisee who did not believe in Jesus. We'll see how it fits together as we go through the passage. My goal, of course, as we study this, but goal right now is that you would understand the difference between payment of sin and forgiveness of sin. And I hope and pray that everyone in this room has the forgiveness of sin because you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Well, let's begin. We've been seeing this passage, this the ministry of Jesus. He's in northern Israel. In this chapter, chapter 7, there are four key events, and they all show his authority. You remember the four key events. The first one showed his authority over disease. He healed the centurion slave, and he did it long distance. And then we saw his authority over death because the widow was coming out of Nain, and her son, her only son had died. Jesus stopped everything and raised him from the dead. He has authority over death. The third thing, as we saw last time, was the authority over doubt. Here's John the Baptist in prison, and he's questioning, and he wonders, are you, the one, are you the coming one, or should we look for somebody else? And Jesus said, just tell him what you see. I'm fulfilling Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 61. And then this morning, the authority for the forgiveness of sin. We see the sinful woman and the proud Pharisee. So there's some great things in this passage as we go through it. And, and one of the things that stands out is love. And here's what we see. We see this woman who loves Jesus. Why? Because her sins have been forgiven. I just want to stress that. And we see the Pharisee who does not show love to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he has no forgiveness of sin. And we'll see how that ties together. Let's get a little background. Jesus is, of course, doing this ministry, and he gets invited to go to the home of a Pharisee. And and uh, the Pharisees, of course, were, were legalistic. They were a sect that, that believed, okay, you know, if you obey the law, if you keep all the rules, you're going to be all right. They thought they were already right with God. If you said to this Pharisee, do you think you're right with God? He'd say, of course I'm right with God. I'm a lot better than everybody else. We're going to find you can't tell it yet. When, when, when we get toward the end of the passage, we're going to see that when Jesus came into this guy's house, he did not do what normally would be expected. See, when you came into somebody's house, oftentimes they would wash your feet, they would give you a kiss, they would take some oil and give to you to refresh your face. And so when Jesus came in, we're going to find that he did none of these things. That was common courtesy. And by him not doing that, what he's really saying to Jesus is, I I don't know much about you and I'm not really that interested in you, but I want to have you come here. Maybe I can trick you. Who knows why he has Jesus come to his house. He thinks he's right with God and he does not need forgiveness. In contrast, a sinful woman comes in. And I'll explain how she could come into the, the party, you might say. She knows she's a sinner. She comes showing her love to Jesus because her sins have already been forgiven because she has already believed in Jesus. We'll see. There's the flow. Faith in Christ results in forgiveness with the end response 
showing love. It's the same for us. When we believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, we have the forgiveness of sins. Our response should be to show our love for Jesus Christ. Well, let's look at it. Look at verse 36. Now, one of the Pharisees were requesting him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. One of the Pharisees, all we know, this religious group, they kept the laws, the, you know, had all the laws. They didn't keep them, of course. And not only did they look at the, at the Mosaic law and the 613 commandments, but they had their own rules and their own laws, and they had all kind of things that, that they were to, 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 uh, to follow. They thought they were better than other people. They thought they were were already right with God, and he requests Jesus to come eat with him. Now, why? Some people say, well, maybe, maybe he's really wanting to know about Jesus. Well, maybe he did. We don't know. Maybe he thought he could trick Jesus. You know, one of the things that the Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted to do was they wanted to somehow get Jesus caught into something so that they could show he was wrong, and by doing that, they could discredit him. Maybe that's what's happening. We don't know. But one thing for sure, he doesn't treat Jesus with common courtesy. And we'll see what happens, how this all fits together. Now, you say Jesus would go eat with a Pharisee? Jesus would eat with anybody. Let me tell you, he ate with a leper. He ate with, with the tax collectors. He eats with the Pharisees. See, Jesus loves people. Jesus came into this world to not condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It says that he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Now, when you see that, don't picture that they're at this big table that are all t- chairs and maybe, maybe some kind of circle or something. Remember, in that day and time, there was a small table that was in the middle, and people would circle around it, and they would lay out. They would, they would lay down, feet out this way, elbow up, and they would eat off the table that way. And, you know, the closest people would, you know, the, the main guy would be one place and the next two closest and then all around the table. So just picture people reclining, laying out, feet out this way. That's how they ate. That's what they did. So that's why it says reclined at the table. So that's what they're doing now. This woman is there. There was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. There was a woman who lived in this city, and she was known, as it says, who was a sinner. If you saw this woman, you would say, oh, yeah, we know her. Yeah, she may have been a prostitute. We don't know. We don't know what she did. But she was known as a sinner. She learned, she realized, she heard that Jesus was going to be at this Pharisee's house. And she came in. She brought this alabaster vial of perfume. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But you realize that this man, this Pharisee, maybe was very wealthy. And he had a big home. And in that day and time, sometimes when there were important people and they would come into people's homes, some of the regular people would just come in. And they would sit around the, stand around or sit around the walls of the room just so they could hear the conversations. And that was accepted. So here's this sinful woman. She comes in to be at the, at the meal. And people would say, well, she just wanted to come in to hear what they were going to talk about. But let me tell you why she came in. She had already believed that Jesus Christ was her Savior. She already has the forgiveness of sins. And in response to the fact of knowing that her sins have been forgiven, she is coming to Jesus to show her love for him. And look what she brings in the room. She brought an alabaster vial of perfume. 
And we go, what, what, is, what is this? Well, the, alabaster comes from, a, it's a stone, it's a type of soft stone, comes from a place called Alabastron, Egypt. And it was fairly expensive, and they, you could, it was very soft. And so sometimes they took that stone, put kind of holes in it, and they put perfume or things down in there, and it kept in there, and it was very expensive. Sometimes they fixed it where it had sort of a, a longer neck on it and a, and a cover, and then some, when they wanted to use it, they'd break the neck off and pour whatever's in there. And so she has this perfume. This cost a lot of money. She's bringing in something that cost a lot of money. And people would look at her and she'd say, you know, she's, she's trash. She's nothing. When Jesus sees people, he doesn't see trash. He sees those that he loves, those that he died for and paid for sin, those that he gives eternal life and the forgiveness of sin to when they believe in him. Well, she comes in there, and just picture this. There, here's this proud Pharisee, his fancy home. He's really, you know, he's got Jesus there, and of course, he doesn't, he hasn't really showed much for Jesus. And here comes this woman, and she comes in, and she has a plan. Let me tell you her plan. Her plan was to show her love and respect for Jesus. He's laid out like this, you know, and his feet are sticking back this way. She's going to go where his feet are, and she's going to break that, that vial of that alabaster box or alabaster vial, and she's going to pour that down on his feet, and she's going to anoint his feet, and that's an act of worship. She's going to say to him, I love you and I worship you because you have forgiven my sins. You've given me life. I'm a sinner. I come short of your glory and yet you have saved me. Now we all feel the exact same way. Sometimes we don't show it. Sometimes we don't even think about it. But every one of us in this room, we, we have nothing in ourselves to offer to God. There's nothing we could ever say, well God, what do you think of this? We all sin and come short of God's glory and in His grace and mercy. He has sent Jesus to die for us. He gives us eternal life as a gift. He gives us the forgiveness of sins as a gift when we believe. And we should all feel exactly the same way and say, Lord, anything you want, you get everything because what have you done for me? Wow. So she comes in. What did she do? This was her plan. We're going to pour it on his feet. But look what happened when she got there. And standing behind him at his feet, Weeping, she begins to weep and she begins to just cry and she begins to wet his feet with her tears and begin wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with with the perfume. I mean, it got there and when she realized, I'm this close to the one who has given me life and the one who has forgiven my sins, and she starts crying and, and then she does something a woman never is going to do in public. She's going to let down her hair. They didn't do that in that culture. And she lets down her hair and begins to wipe his feet because it says literally in the Greek that these it was like raindrops falling down on his feet. And then she's got that oil and, and she's anointed and she's kissing his feet. You love Jesus? Oh, I love Jesus. What have you done for him? What have we done for him? Here's this woman and she loves him and she's crying and she's kissing his feet and, 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 and she does the uncultural thing to do and, and she's wiping his feet with her hair and, and she's putting that perfume on his feet and she's saying, well, somebody's saying, look what you're doing and she says, I love him. It's the least I could do. Wow. She did three things. She washed his feet, she kissed his feet, she anointed his feet. This is how she's worshiping her Savior. This is how she's showing love. 
How do we show our love for Jesus Christ? It can be all kind of ways. As you take your life and you say, Lord, I just want my life to count for you. Thank you for, I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. You've given me eternal life. You've given me the forgiveness of sins. I just, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just want my life to count for you. Well, let's, let's contrast it now with the proud Pharisee. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, and he didn't say this out loud, but he said it to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him that she is a sinner. Now, here's this proud Pharisee, and, and he says to himself when he sees it, he's repulsed by it. He went, how can this man let this woman touch him? If he really was a prophet of God, obviously he's not. Or he would know who this woman, what sort of woman she is that's touching him. This is what he says. In the original language it says, if this man were a prophet, and the answer expected is if and he's not. This man says he's not a prophet of God. See, if he was really a prophet of God, he wouldn't let this woman touch him because a prophet of God is a holy man and this is a sinful woman and she's crying all over him and everything. And if he really was a prophet of God, he wouldn't let this woman touch him. Obviously he's not because he's letting all this happen. See, he doesn't believe in Jesus as his Savior. He does not have the forgiveness of sins. And he has not shown love to Jesus at all. If he knew what sort of, who and what sort of person this woman is who's touching him, how can he let this woman touch him? Women don't touch men in public. And then she put down her hair. And we all know what kind of woman she is. That's what he's saying. She's a sinner. Is that Pharisee a sinner? That every one of us in this room sinned and come short of the glory of God and need a Savior? And by faith we have eternal life and by faith the forgiveness of sins? The answer is yes. But this man, you know what he thinks? I'm not like her. I don't need this man. Jesus knows everything and he wants to show this man that he knows what he's thinking. So look at verse 40. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, teacher. He turns to the man, the man's name is Simon. That's the first time we've learned his name. He says, Simon, I have something to say to you. Jesus basically said, I'm fixing, to, I'm fixing to show you something. And of course he says, Say it, teacher. Which actually he shows respect there because the word teacher is rabbi. And he's saying, Okay, I, I look at you as a teacher. Tell me something. You're going to teach me something? Teach me. And Jesus tells a story. And look at the story. This moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other owed 50. Now in that day and time, you, you, you know, you could borrow money. There were people who lend money and there were people who, who borrowed money. And he says one guy got himself into trouble and he ended up borrowing 500 denarii. Wow. That's like almost a year and two-thirds salary. It'd be like saying it would take me a year and a half to pay this back if I just worked and gave him everything. That's a lot of money. It says the other person owed about 50 denarii, which would be about a month and a half. So one guy owed him about a month and a half salary. The other guy owed him about a year and a half salary. And you can see the Pharisee going, yeah, I've probably, I've lent some money in my day. Of course, I don't have to borrow money because I'm okay. He said when they were unable, they, both of them, were unable to repay 
he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? It says when, when, when neither one of them, the one who said, I can't pay you, I'll never be able to pay you a year and a half, I'll never be able to do it. He said, forget it. It's over. And one guy came and said, I, I can't pay you about a month and a half. He said, forget it. Literally in the Greek, the Bible here, my Bible says he uh, graciously forgave them. Literally in the Greek it says he gave them grace. He gave them grace. And then Jesus said, okay, now in this situation, which of the two are going to love him more? And Simon answered and said, verse 43, I suppose, he said, I I don't want to get the wrong answer, but I'm supposing that the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. And see, he says, you got it. See, when we realize how many sins we have, when we realize what we owe, and it's forgiven, we go, wow, I love See, he wants Simon to see that this sinful woman is showing love to Jesus because of her great sins have been forgiven. Look at the contrast. The woman loves Jesus, has forgiveness of sins, she believed. Simon did not love Jesus and no forgiveness of sins because he has not believed. What a contrast. Now, watch this next part as we go through it fairly quickly. How she showed her love for Jesus because she has forgiveness of sins and how the Pharisee did not show any love for Jesus. He doesn't believe in Jesus. He, he said, if this man were a prophet, but obviously he's not. Look what happened, verse 44. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, and notice he's talking to Simon, but he's not even looking at Simon. He's looking at this woman. You know what she probably thinks? I'm not even worthy for you to look at me. I'm just down here by your feet. He looked at the woman. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? You can almost hear Simon say, I see the woman. I know what kind of woman she is. Do you know what kind of woman she is? He said, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. Now, in that day and time, you wore sandals. Streets, Most streets weren't paid. Your feet were dirty. When you came to eat at somebody's house and you came in the door, since you're going to all be reclining, your feet are all going to be out, oftentimes people took off their shoes. There usually was somebody at the door, maybe one of the younger members of the family or even a servant or a slave. And when people came in, they washed people's feet. Jesus said, I came into the house. You're kind of a wealthy guy. you got a big place here. Nobody washed my feet. Why not? Because he didn't care anything about Jesus. He said, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Now, you don't love me, but she does. Look what she did. Look at the second thing. You gave me no kiss. But she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. See, when you came in that day, they'd go up and they'd go, I'm so glad you're here. And they kiss the side. You see, you, know, you see when these people from different countries that still have the culture. He said, I came into the house, guess what? No wash, no wash of the feet, no give of the kiss, right? I got nothing, right? What has she done? She's not stopped kissing my feet. 
Which would you rather kiss, somebody's face or somebody's feet? And then he says, you did not anoint my head with oil. But she anointed my feet with perfume. Because see, sometimes I said earlier that, you know, to refresh, they would have oil and, and they would anoint the person, fix their hair and anoint because they refreshed before they eat. He said, you didn't give me anything. But what is she anointed? She anointed my feet with perfume. Very expensive perfume. Now here's his point. I came in, no water, she cried and wet my feet. He gave me no kiss, she hadn't stopped kissing my feet. He gave me no oil to anoint my head, she has anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I'm saying this to you, I'm saying, I want you to understand something. Now here's the key, you have to look at it carefully. Verse 47, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is little has forgiven little, loves little. He says, here's the key. Her sins, and by the way, I want you to look at this. In, in the Greek language, this is a past tense. He didn't say your, her sins are now being forgiven. He said her sins have been forgiven. It's called perfect tense in the Greek, which means a past action with a continuing result. This happened before this event. Her sins had already been forgiven. He says, I say this to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. And she loved much. But see, the one who, who thinks they have little, for, little forgiveness, I mean, they say, I don't, I don't have very many sins, I don't have any sins, they love little. What a contrast. The one who recognized the sins that they had and has forgiveness loves Jesus. The ones who don't, don't recognize their sin and don't have forgiveness don't love. When we realize our sin... And God's forgiveness of our sin through Jesus Christ by faith. Our response should be great love. Just start thinking of your sins. Not too long, but start thinking of them. And what happens? We go, oh my gosh. How could I ever even even deserve? The answer is you don't. Well, how could I ever even? Uh, you don't. It's just the grace of God by faith in Jesus. You have the forgiveness of sin. And look what he does. He reminds her, verse 48. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. He didn't say your sins are now forgiven. He's reminding her of something she already knew. He said to her, your sins have been forgiven. See, the forgiveness of sins comes by faith. How do we know that she believed in him? We'll see the last verse. He'll tell us. Just want you to know, she had believed in Jesus, her sins had been forgiven. She comes in there to show him love, and in front of all these people, Jesus says, your sins have been forgiven. Now look at the response to the rest of those people there. Those who were reclining at the table with him begin to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? You know what they're really saying? This man, nobody can forgive sins. I mean, the only person who can forgive sins is God. This man, if he says he's forgiven sins, he's acting like he's God. He thinks he's God. That's exactly right. He doesn't think he's God. He knows he's God because he is God. And he has the authority to forgive sins. And we've seen it earlier. We've seen his authority over death. We've seen his authority over disease. We've seen his authority over doubt. And we see his authority even to forgive sins. We should thank our God that he so loved us that he sent Jesus to be the payment for our sins and also to provide forgiveness of sin. 
to all who would believe in him. It's that simple. Notice what he says to the woman. And he said to the woman, Your faith has, past tense, has saved you. Go in peace. Past action, continuing results. He says, you believed. You're saved. You have forgiveness of sins. Go in peace. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So understand the flow. She had believed in Jesus as her Savior. That's by faith. The result was she has been saved, had been saved. And then she has forgiveness of sins immediately. And she has come in response to show her love to Jesus. All of us in this room need forgiveness of sins. Jesus died on the cross. He's already paid for all sin. Past, present, and future of every human being. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ paying for sin does not bring salvation. Salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says, whosoever believes. And when you believe in Jesus, you have the forgiveness of sin. What should our response be? Showing our love for Jesus Christ. What have we seen this morning? Jesus goes to eat with this Pharisee and he shows, and he shows Jesus no love. The sinful woman comes in who has believed in Jesus and already has forgiveness of sin. She shows great love. She washes his feet. She kisses his feet. She anoints his feet with his perfume. And then Jesus questions the Pharisee about the story of the debtors so he can understand that when people actually come to the understanding that the sins are forgiven by faith in Christ and we realize, boy, our response should be love. And Jesus shows his authority to forgive sin. Let me give you some quick applications. The first one is this. Understand that we have forgiveness of sin by faith in Jesus Christ. See, we've all sinned and we need forgiveness of sin, both for a relationship and fellowship with God, and forgiveness of sin comes by faith. A. Understand the difference between payment of sin, which happened when Jesus died on the cross, and forgiveness of sin, which comes when you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. It's that simple. Payment of sin happened when Jesus died on the cross. He paid for the sins of every human being, 1 John 2, 2. But he gives forgiveness of sins to everyone who believes. B. Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. He's God. He died on the cross. He paid for sin. He is the one. He can bring us into a relationship and fellowship with the Heavenly Father simply by faith. That takes us to see. Trust Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Now, you hear me say a lot of times you trust in Christ for eternal life. And that's true. When you believe in Jesus, he gives you eternal life. But when you believe in Jesus, he also gives you the forgiveness of sins. That's Acts 10, 43. And that's, that's a key verse. And if you want to sometime look that up, I hope and pray that every one of you in this room know for sure that if somebody said to you, do you have eternal life? Do you have forgiveness of sins? You would say, yes, because I have trusted in Jesus Christ. He has given me eternal life. He has also given me the forgiveness of sins. With that in mind, too, let us show our love for Christ as we worship and serve Him. That's what she did. She showed her love for Him. She worshipped Him. She served Him. We do the same thing. We take the gifts, talents, and abilities that we have and we use them for His glory. We worship Him as we gather together. We do that. If we're not showing great love for Christ, listen carefully, we have forgotten the great forgiveness that we have. See, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior, you have the forgiveness of sin. But if you don't feel like loving Him, you're forgetting what He's done for you. The more we understand our forgiveness, 
the more we'll show our love. Let's never forget what He has done for us. Let's worship Him as Savior. Let's serve Him, showing our great love for Him. May we love and serve our Savior, who has given us the forgiveness of sins simply by faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great morning. Thank you for these truths. Lord, realize that that we have the forgiveness of sins by faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that Jesus has paid for sin. We know that whenever we believe in Him, He gives us the forgiveness of sins. Lord, may we understand the difference. May we understand Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. And may we trust in Him and Him alone for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, may we show our love to You for what you have done for us as we worship you and serve you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.